0: Hi everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Sarah Wheaton. I'm the Senior Health Policy Reporter for Politico and the Lab Director of our Global Policy Lab on Decoding Cancer. Um, And this is a 20-week project that has uh, four different chapters. The first five-week chapter focused on research and we're about to be at the very end of that chapter. And uh, we'll next move on to treatment, both looking at at, um, Western Europe and Eastern Europe and that Finally, our last chapter later next year will be about uh, long-term care and survivorship. But for now, I'm joining you from here in Berlin, uh, where I have several experts who can address various aspects of uh, research, treatment, and long-term care from the German perspective. And uh, we just wrapped up a roundtable where we had a really interesting discussion, um, starting from uh, philosophical issues related to things like um, uh, what it actually means to solve cancer, which I'll be asking them to address with you. And we also looked at various <laughs> barriers to research and treatment and how to kind of improve the relationship between research and treatment. Um, so uh, uh, I'll be um, bringing in our um, our participants in just a second. And I also want to let uh, the audience know that you can ask questions um, via our Q&A tool, which is on the... Um, the computer program that you used to to dial in today. Um, so let me briefly introduce our um, our panelists here today. We have Dr. Karl Janssen. He's the head of oncology uh, for Germany with Pfizer. I have Dr. Hanno Ries, the head of the department of uh, 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 the division of oncology and hematology at Charity Hospital uh, in Berlin. I have Dr. Johannes Bruns, the Secretary General of the German Cancer Society, and uh, Professor Petra Feier, the chairwoman of the Berlin Cancer Society, if I'm uh, translating those uh, correctly. So let me go ahead and dive into a little debate that that we had um, earlier today about what it actually means to solve cancer, what we should be aiming for. should we be aiming for cures or or is that not really a realistic goal? Uh, Dr. Bruns, if you want to
1: yes, we first. Yes, we have to look for uh, several aims to do that. First, I think to make uh, people live longer with cancer so that we get more chronical. There, way it's possible to solve cancer by cure and at the end to make a prevention process or uh, um, a process to get a pa- patient not involved by cancer. Uh, and I say... In the direction I announced, that's I think I will order the aims. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so you sort of see chronic turning cancer into more of a chronic disease, the way we would maybe look at, at AIDS today. It's maybe the should be the top priority.
1: Yes, I think um, the chronicle, to make cancer chronicle, we have seen in the past. We see that we get steps forward by special changing in treatments. And uh, sometimes we also see the cure of cancer. But I think we are going better by treatment of bone cancer or breast cancer. We see that the, the living with this cancer is going such longer at uh, a treatment and only looking on month of life but uh, at the end we have also to look on the quality of life during this months because only to lengthen the the life is not the aim at the end it's to make it chronicle and to make it uh, a very good cancer a very good quality of life.
0: Mm-hmm. Dr. Reese what do you what do you, what does solving cancer mean to you?
1: I totally agree But I
2: do not like to speak for months. I prefer to speak for years uh, in in this uh, direction. But for every single patient, the diagnosing of having cancer is a really deep diving uh, in his individual life. And uh, everyone here is, as a patient, looking for a chance to be cured. And the patients, or the people by themselves, they have the chance not to get cancer by having the right lifestyle, stopping smoking, for example. They have the chance that the cancer can be diagnosed early by using screening procedures. And I'm absolutely sure we will improve this possibility in the future. We can can and did in the past increase cure rate not only those which have been intentionally curatively operated by adjuvant treatment and neo-adjuvant treatment.
0: And quickly, just since some of our our listeners don't no, necessarily so
2: by by medical treatment prior to an operation or after mm-hmm. a curatively intended operation, and we we started now more than 20 years ago by the chance to cure a few metastasized cancers by medical treatment. Therefore, I think we are on the step and for a patient getting the diagnosis of cancer, it's most important uh, to have a chance to be cured and therefore I'm still in uh, my thinking is we must do our best to have the chance as high as possible. If that's not available, if you cannot reach that, then clearly a balancing of lifetime and quality of life is important. And uh, this is much more dependent on the patient than on the available treatment. Mm
0: Dr. Fire, you you, uh, you deal with a lot of patients here in Berlin. Yes,
3: um, I think uh, we will not be able to solve the problem cancer in generally because uh, we will have also in twenty years patients with uh, very advanced cancer that we don't uh, that we cannot uh, cure. But it is very important um, that we support the patients uh, on their way uh, during the treatment and after the treatment, that we give them psycho-oncological support. They have uh, problems, they have questions and... um, many of the patients have uh, the feeling the doctor has not enough time in order to talk about all their problems they have so they uh, come beside the medical treatment to the berlin cancer society in order to get support mm-hmm. from there mm-hmm.
0: and at pfizer uh, uh what when you're kind of thinking about, about finding new treatments, are you thinking about cures? Or are you thinking about extending life, even if it doesn't necessarily mean that you're eliminating cancer?
4: I think we must be ambitious simply. Um, and, and as such, curing cancer is, is in our mission statement. Um, and if that, not, if that for some reason is not an option, we actually literally formulate to cure or control cancer as, as, as our ambition. Um, and, and to the best of my knowledge, the majority of patients receiving a cancer diagnosis, not an advanced one, but but is cured. Um, the surgeons play an the important role there and all, and, and, and not necessarily my company, but it's, uh, it, the majority of patients with cancer are cured. Last time I checked, I believe that mm-hmm. we're, 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 we're approaching 60% by now. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we focus on the difficult cases. Uh, and it would be a major step. And, and, and I also think we, we should not be pessimistic. The, the melanoma, advanced melanoma, was a death sentence. Uh, I think the average survival was in months, right? And, and I think we're now reaching a cure rate of 30 to 40% long-term cures. You can call it chronic. We don't know. Uh, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't know whether we can stop the immunotherapy, for example, as yet, but we will. Mm-hmm. The, and I, I do think in the last two decades we we've, we've, we've really reached important steps ahead. So,
0: thank you. And and what is the relationship between research and treatment, Dr. Brunzell?
1: At the call end, on you
0: first again. For this yeah, moment.
1: a patient uh, uh, have to be uh, treated by a standard of care. And the standard of care is fed by new information about science, uh, new ideas uh, who are solved in studies. The good results of research will change the standard of care, and the standard of care is that what the patient has to get. Sometimes we need also patients in the area of, of, of science, uh, in studies. Some. People and some patients also in cancer at the end stage or in situation where we have, have no standard of care, they are mostly dealing with a situation to be care to have a treatment in uh, studies in clinical trials. Uh, but uh, at the end, uh, the standard of care is in the middle. Before is science, and afterwards is treatment.
0: Mm. And are you satisfied with with patients' ability to participate in research in Germany?
1: I think patients are uh, uh, interested to go into uh, into uh, studies, uh, clinical trials. Uh, while normally most of the people who are cured in the chronical uh, situation are sometimes in a situation where the standards end, and then there is a question: Are you going on in the, in a clinical trial, or are you able to do uh, something else? Uh, and mostly, we try to get these people into the clinical trials to get information about the treatment. But that's still not. Standard, but will be standard in future. And most of the people, if you talk with them and they, you explain the situation, are in the situation that you decide, okay, then I will go also in a clinical trial. Not everybody, but many of the clinical uh, of the patients in uh, cancer will go this way.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem on clinical trials uh, is a little bit the randomization, I think, uh, because you compare standard uh, program versus experimental program, and mm-hmm. the patient wants the best method. you think the experimental method is the best uh, the best way, and then um, during the randomization, the patient will go to the uh, to the standard. Um, standard uh, treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, I think also for standard uh, treatment, um, it is important to have guidelines. The German Cancer Society, they have a guideline oncological program. The disadvantage of guidelines is that uh, we are not able to be on the newest used standard um, during a short time. It takes uh, one to two years uh, to recreate a new guideline. And uh, this is a disadvantage, I think. But it's a good way for standard treatment.
0: And how about clinical trials, Dr. Ries? Are those, are those easy to set up in Germany? And, and is Germany able to cooperate well with other researchers who want to do a clinical trial in Germany? Are they also able to do it around the EU?
2: Yes, I'm sure uh, patients have good access to clinical studies and uh, the cooperation within Germany and uh, over a lot of uh, different countries is greatly enhanced in the past. Uh, The problem with clinical studies, uh, I think, is they may set the standard, but in these clinical trials, uh, not not every patient can enter a trial due to Comorbidities and in clinical practice, therefore, you cannot really refer to the standard raised out of studies if you have an individual patient in front of you with uh, with comorbidities. So that's
0: maybe another disease that they have. Is that
2: other disease at the same time, for example, or uh, that the patient uh, comes up that he does not? accept uh, one of the most likely side effects of treatment. Therefore, you still do need very experienced physicians, not only medical oncologists. It's mm-hmm. an interdisciplinary approach to give the patient the best treatment. And I think in Germany, uh, the patients have a good chance to really uh, get the, after, uh, the upper quarter of quality mm-hmm. uh, in, this, in this treatment. Mm-hmm in studies as well as out of studies
0: and is germany well set up to provide this interdisciplinary treatment by which we mean you may see a series of different doctors with different specialties you may have care in the hospital care in a doctor's office in your community is that does that system work well for german patients
2: i think uh, uh, that improved uh, to a big extent Mm -hmm. in the last 10 years and uh, with those diseases uh, which are most often uh, the quality of uh, treatment is uh, very good uh, all over uh, germany that may be clearly different with rare diseases that's different with the availability of specialized kinds of treatments in which are not available in every uh, bigger town Mm -hmm. but uh, this is better in Germany than in most other European countries, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you feel, Dr. Prince? Do you feel like the interdisciplinary care is, is system is working effectively?
1: It's rising up because uh, uh, ch- uh, physicians and all people who are involved in treatment learned over the last twenty years that nobody can treat cancer alone. It's not like diabetes, the diabetologist can treat it by itself. Normally it needs nobody else. But in cancer, during the history of a patient, you get a lot of doctors, a lot of treatments, a lot of uh, steps you have to go. Therefore, we every time say, at the beginning of a process, you can see in the future. Take all people who are involved in this process, let them decide, let them bring in their knowledge to plan the process of treatment during the next endpoint or during the next period. And that's what what we learned, and that what we also try to give over into studies. That's in care we are better than in studies. In studies we often have the situation that some groups, the the surgeons, if there is a question, doing only their part uh, in in a study, and the physicians or uh, drugs do their part. But in treatment, we learned interdisciplinary, intersectoral um, um, treatment is the most thing. We learn it, otherwise it's not going. And in studies, we still are also also going into an interdisciplinary setting.
3: Mm-hmm. I think, too, the uh, interdisciplinary um, cooperation is very good in Germany. Uh, we have uh, in one week in our hospital 10 different tumor conferences with the specialists uh, who are involved in this um, cancer uh, type. And um, also... I think um, the certification needs interdisciplinary work and... What do, you, what do you mean when you say that in kind of layman's terms?
0: What do we mean when we talk about certification?
3: A certification, this means that uh, one institution um, has a high quality in treatment of a special cancer type or it is an oncological center. And uh, they have um, to look for different aspects and they have uh, to do special diagnostics, uh, pathology, and the different treatment modalities in high quality. They have to reach a um, special number of patients um, in Special tumor entities. So, I think with this, we can ensure a high quality of mm-hmm. cancer treatment.
0: Is there anything policymakers could do to make, to make this process more seamless, whether we're talking about um, uh, research and treatment or, or inter- inter- interdisciplinary treatment? I think
1: they have to interpret this as a process because normally sickness funds are doing, dealing with structures like hospitals, like doctors, like uh, otherwise, but they have to see that the production process of cancer care is a process that it begins and it ends and all things have to go on this kind of thinking about this process. If you're only thinking prevention, if you're only thinking hospital, then you have to combine it, but the sickness funds has not the idea to combine it on the level of a special area of treatment for cancer or for best or broad cancer and that's the main topic, they have to think about this as a process, then they are very right. Mm-hmm.
0: And just to, just to clarify a little something um, idiosyncratic about the, the German uh, health system, the sickness funds are the health insurance uh, funds that people can, can sign up for. Um, and, and as far as research, uh, combining this research and treatment process, is, is, is that all working smoothly from, from your perspective? Dr. Janssen, do you
4: Yeah want to well, think? well I think it is in 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 many aspects the the um, as as Dr. Bruns mentioned before um, in, in many cancer therapies, you end up at a phase where there's no protocol, no guideline, in essence, nothing available. This is where the, sounds a bit crude, but where, where the experiment starts. And, and most patients then enter, especially in hemato-oncology, so in, in blood cancers, leukemias and types, they enter in, in some kind of trial where, at least in a structured way, we gather data on... You know what? What happens next after the established established lines of therapy? So I, I think there, the the research is is in essence uh, a vital part of the, the whole treatment uh, uh, process. Um, on the other hand. I think in, in, in Europe, also in Germany, we're able to translate results of clinical trials. What they call translational research. Right? How do you, how do you transfer the results, the findings you you gather in a control setting into day to day clinical practice? <clears throat> and of course, there's there's hurdles. Sometimes more uh, uh, than than in other occasions, but but we, we I think we are effective in translating. Uh, uh findings in clinical trials into medical practice. Um so in that's that aspect I believe we're we're you know we have a reputation to lose to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I do think that the system works.
0: Well and so actually um, one of our, our listeners asked a question that is prodding me to to have you develop something that you mentioned. Um, Angelica, Juss, um asked, what is the biggest barrier at the moment to integrate new research leading to new medicines into the general treatment guidelines?
2: And you you referred to some barriers but didn't go mm-hmm. into
0: detail. Uh, Dr. Reese, do you do you have
2: some thoughts? So, on that? so in the end, you you need to have evidence based uh, data, and uh, then it it takes some time to to consider if these data out of studies in a, specialized proportion of patients really transfers in everyday practice. Uh, Therefore, you you have the guideline committees which sit together and uh, debate this. And they have to include not only the data with regard uh, to life expectancy, uh, but also the data with regard to uh, quality of life patient uh, reported outcomes. And uh, this always takes some time because these these guideline committees uh, do not sit together every week. So uh, most of us prefer to have not a single study showing good results, but uh, to have two of those studies and not so being not so interested in statistically significant. Uh, but in clinically relevant, so not it's highly statistically significant, but for example, to have a hazard ratio of uh, 0.6, that means that 40% of the patients in the experimental arm really have a benefit mm-hmm. as compared to the standard treatment. Uh, this has to be considered. So therefore, not every new treatment uh, is really of benefit for the patient and will not come in uh, guideline recommendations.
1: I would say for the gym system, if you are deciding on a new treatment in uh, existing budget, and you need no any money, money more. You can decide whatever is good for the patient. But if you have to have new money for this decision, then it's very difficult. And especially for the drugs in Germany, there is a ruling process. And the most barrier of this ruling process, it's not bad, this ruling process, but it's too far away from clinical evidence from clinical uh, decision processes. It's, it's nearer to the uh, licensing process of the drug than to the clinical process. And that's the main barrier because we see in the clinical normal treatment, if you have to decide there, you have to decide it by the situation of the patient and not of the situation of the study of uh, the, the drug company who gives it into the license process.
0: Is there, is there an example that could kind of mm-hmm. illustrate
1: an example everybody could understand that's very difficult Mm -hmm. by this ruling process. but um,
3: But I I think uh, some of the new drugs uh, checkpoint inhibitors Mm -hmm. uh, they are very expensive Mm -hmm. and uh, it is uh, difficult to include this in the budget of the Mm -hmm. clinics Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, and there are sometimes Patients increasingly are, are doing their own research. They're learning about new things. Uh, Dr. Fire, do they do they always do, do? Patients sometimes ask doctors for things that that may not always make sense for them.
3: Yes, it is. Um, our patients, uh, most of our patients, are very good informed, and they are looking through the internet and uh, television and so on. And um, every new thing they want to discuss with the doctor and uh, our. Um, our task is to explain what is good for you for your special situation and what is not the way for you and this is sometimes uh, critical or um, not uh, not so easy to explain why this modern Treatment modality is not the treatment modality for the patient. This is our task and uh, we do so. Some uh, some methods of uh, th- that the patients want to discuss, uh, even we don't know, we, we haven't heard. So we told them, okay, I will look through, yeah. I will ask uh, experts for this method and come back in one week and we will discuss. Mm-hmm.
1: But if it, it's discussed, it's very good. The main point is that patients learn that, that if there is to make a decision, they have to bring also their part in and not doing it. Shame, because I can't ask the doctor to take this drug at home. Bring it into the decision process. Then the doctors can learn and decide on that what is going in. Don't take any drug or any else without informing your treating doctor about this. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he is blind on this kind and that's the various uh, situation you can have.
3: It is also very important for complementary methods. Mm. Um, For everything. everything. um, I every day tell my patients, please tell me what additional do you take? Because I want to speak with you. uh, If there is some... if there can be some problems with the standard treatment so i want to know what the patient uh, do additionally for example the breast cancer patients uh, to 60 or 80% take complementary methods and we have to know that that makes th- the communication with the patient is very important mm-hmm.
0: Um, we just have a few minutes left. Um, so one, one thing that really came up a lot during our roundtable was the importance of digitalization, which is kind of a hot political topic in, in Germany right now. Um, Dr. Ries, how would how would better digitalization help you do your job more effectively? And what should the top priorities be? In 45 seconds, ideally.
2: <laughs> First of all, I think it's very important to have an informed patient. That means that everyone who cares with this patient has a good communication and, and that those who make a decision really have the history of the patient. Then the next point is the availability of, of a treatment and uh, to have the time to explain the patient, most often the family as well, not only the patient, why to decide to go left hand mm. and not right hand, mm-hmm. because in the journalism often we have things which raise a big hope, but most probably will go in a dead end street and not in a street which really goes further. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think working together with, with, with the other disciplines Using every method which may help the patient to improve his quality and to maintain or prolong his lifetime uh, that's the thing we we need every day, and uh, that's uh, stimulating for the physician mm-hmm. and
4: hopefully for the others as well mm-hmm.
0: all right um, last last thoughts on any of our topics for for our speakers dr Jansson. Um.
4: well if if I can Add to the the digital infrastructure you mm-hmm. talked about. You know, it, it would allow us. One of the latest treatments we introduced for breast cancer has now reached roughly 20, ten thousand patients in Germany. I mean, a, a good digital infrastructure would allow us to research this cohort, which is which we call real world for 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 a reason, right? Mm-hmm. This is. I mean, it was prescribed in real life. It was prescribed to in a non clinical trial setting. Uh, and, and being an able to assess these data to to monitor side effects, outcomes, anything relevant would be would be ideal. Would really give a, a, a huge push towards you know gathering new insights. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's I think a dream to to start mm-hmm. working for mm-hmm.
3: <clears throat> Professor Fayou. I think uh, one of our dreams should be that uh, our patients go through the treatment in a good quality of life, uh, that we look for the patient reported outcome. Uh, digitalization can help us with uh, special apps, uh, communication between doctor and patients, and um, also it is important to inform or or to discuss with our patients the lifestyle and um, prevention. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think in oncology we learn that things are more complicated. The number of details is rising up during the last years and without digitalization we have no chance to solve any of our aims for the health because the complexity has to be to reduce, has to be handsome for the people, for the decision. And, the, and then we will get uh, one of the aims we start at the beginning, uh, we can solve them. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much for all of you for joining. And uh, thanks to the audience that was listening to the call. Um, I also want to thank our partners Pfizer and IBM Watson Health. Uh, and um, we will be announcing the conference call for the next chapter uh, very shortly. So thanks to all of you. Thanks. Bye, thank thanks. you. Thanks.